Well, good morning. Uh, we want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. We are live streaming both on Facebook and YouTube. This is actually our fifth Sunday uh, doing this, but we're glad you're a part. If you haven't already, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download the message notes today. You can also, if you have any uh, younger kids in the house, you can download an activities uh, sheet as well for them to do. But I want to go ahead and I want to kind of jump right in today. In fact, uh, my my title today is um, Surviving to Thriving. And I want to look, in fact, even uh, in our reading this week, we've been reading through first and beginning second Samuel, and we've been reading about David and David's life, even as a young man. But David found himself driven into the wilderness. But in the wilderness, he relied on God as his strength. He, as we'll see later, he looked to the Lord as his strength, and he got through every single battle, and he came out, he didn't survive, he thrived. You know, uh, in two different conversations this week uh, with people, one of them, uh, as we were talking, said this, as we're being quarantined daily, it's not just with our family members, what we're being faced with is ourselves, ourselves. This became evident the other night. We decided to sit down uh, as a family, and it ended up being Michelle and I, and we were going to do a 750-piece puzzle. And in doing the puzzle, after about an hour, I was so frustrated with this puzzle. It's only 750 pieces. I couldn't find, I think I was so frustrated, I couldn't find the pieces of just the little segment that I was trying to work on. And I was trying to get that one thing down so that I can move on. But I think that was so true. As we're finding ourselves quarantined or out of our norm, it really does affect us more personal. And that's why today in our message, we want to look at David. We want to look at Jesus. I also read, you know, if you're feeling bad about yourself, Take a few minutes later today and go read about the life of a sailor on a submarine. We have it so good. You know, it says if you slept in your bed last night, you need to think as if you slept in your closet on a shelf. You know, they are so compact with everything. So you and I, in every situation, regardless of where you are today, we have to stop and say, you know, we are blessed. We are absolutely blessed blessed. So the other conversation that I had this week was reading through the teachings of Jesus right at that moment of the Garden of Gethsemane, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So I'd encourage you to do that as well, and you can see what Jesus talked about, but here was one of the important things. You can see that Jesus stopped and he prayed for you. In that moment that he was being pressed, in fact, part of the Garden of Gethsemane was it was actually a press, like an oil press, a pressing that was going on. He was praying for you. So I want to start today, and I want, I want to look for a little bit at David. In fact, 
if you've been reading or have been reading along with us, David, when we read about him in the Bible, we read about him as a young man, and probably between the ages of 16 or 17 is where we read that he takes down Goliath. But he doesn't actually become king until about the age of 30. You know, it is a pretty amazing life. Here's a young man that was forgotten about when uh, the prophet Samuel came to the house of Jesse and they were going to have a feast and nobody was going to sit down for the feast until one of the sons was anointed king and David was forgotten about. In fact, even Samuel said after passing all of the sons, he said, is there anybody else? Oh, David, we forgot about David. Well, David is anointed king at that moment. In fact, from there on, we read about that he goes back and forth. He's visiting his brothers. He's carrying cheese and bread to them, checking on them. But it's there that he discovers that there's an enemy of Israel, Goliath. And what David sees is an obstacle in God's way. And who would be this person that would stand against the Lord God? David would go on to defeat Goliath. David would go on to marry uh, Saul's daughter. David would begin to uh, play worship music in Saul's palace. But yet we see a change that's going to take place in a little bit. But, but I think one of the hearts that we see about David, we find in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says this, But to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Let me read that again. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If you took that verse and you went through David's life, you would see him acting that out in situations, but not in situations in the palace, because David was driven out of the palace into the wilderness. In fact, um, we read many of the verses in the Bible that Saul eyed to kill David. And it got so bad that David fled to the wilderness. You know, and at my last count, it looked like David was living in 10 different places within a period of over five years caves, rock places, forests. And all because Saul was hunting his life. So here's David, the anointed king, anointed by God, who now is in the wilderness. And you know, you can almost in that whole wilderness start thinking about only surviving, but not thriving. In fact, David does this. David's going to put together now a new army. He doesn't have the army of men that he had before. He's going to have to start all over. And I love what this verse says. I'm reading it out of the message translation. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2, and it says, Not only that, but all who were down on their luck came around. Losers and vagrants and misfits of all sort, David became their leader and there was about 400 in all. The mighty men of 400 were people down on their luck, losers, vagrants, and misfits. You know, if you were putting together your dream team and you were interviewing people and you asked somebody, now tell me about the team you're on. How many games have you won? Oh, we've never won a game. We're, we've always lost. In fact, we're losers. 
David would say, you're on our team. What about you? Oh, I just wander around. I'm a vagrant. You're on our team. How about you? You know, everybody calls me a misfit. Oh, you're exactly what we're looking for. So David forms this uh, 400 that are people that are down on their luck, losers, vagrants, misfits. Yet David leads these people to become his army, who later we describe many of them as David's mighty men. David wasn't hiding in a cave, pouting about his situation, seeking to get revenge on Saul. David took those gifts that were God-given in him, and when he looked around, he didn't have the resources that he had back with Saul, but he took what he had. So that's that's a great question for all of us. Take what you have and give it to the Lord. Use your gifts and lead what you have and watch what God does. In fact, we read a few verses about David's daily reality, possibly things that he did know, but later things that he actually knew. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14, it says, Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Saul sought him every day. There was a period of time, as the Bible lets us know, that Saul was seeking David's life to kill him every single day. In fact, we read in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 2, it says, Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rock of the wild goats. You know, David starts with the down on the luck, the misfits, the losers. Saul comes at him with 3,000 chosen men seeking to take his life. But that's what we read earlier on, that God made sure that David was a deliverer. You know, David had two opportunities to kill Saul. And if you listen to some of the men that were around him, they were upset that David didn't kill Saul. David could have, in his own might, stopped all of this, but he was also honoring the Lord and not wanting to take God's anointed. You know, it goes back to that last verse uh, that we read in Micah. He was walking humbly, not before himself, but before his God. So in this wilderness time, in these strongholds, the Bible says, in the forests, in the caves, in the places where David probably longed to be back with his wife, his family, David did some things that are insights for us, and this time we're called that we're quarantined, or we're sheltering in place, or we're staying at home, or we're not able to do our uh, routines, but we're having to deal with ourselves face-to-face. David's not just leading men. David's having to lead himself. In fact, we read this in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. Here's a key. David strengthened himself. How? In the Lord. You know, you can do all the things that we're advised to do. Exercise. Try to exercise morning and night. You can do all the things that we're told to do as far as what to eat and what not to eat to allow our energy, 
get outside, get some sun. We can do all the right things, but notice David shows us what's most important, that we take these times to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Well, how do we do that? So we see a little bit in David's life uh, later on in verse eight, that in very many of the situations that he was involved with, in fact, many of these had to do with going to attack enemies, he would stop, sit, and inquire of the Lord. In fact, on one occasion in 2 Samuel chapter 2, two times he's inquiring or asking questions of the Lord, which lets us know he's not moving until he knows what God says about the situation. You know, you and I are making major decisions in these days. You and I are probably thinking through different ways to go about different approaches. Some of you that are watching might be thinking about different employment, new business opportunities, but here's what's easy to do. We can sure rely on our own understanding But in these days, we need to follow that example of David and inquire of the Lord. Jeremiah 33.3 says, when I call on him, he will speak and he will answer my call. Psalm 3 verse 3. In fact, I've been reading this all week because I think this is where David's perspective on life gives us an example. It says, but you, O Lord are to shield for me, my glory, and the one that lifts up my head. You, only you, O Lord, you're the shield for me, my glory, and the one that lifts up my head. How many times do you think David in this wilderness could have put his head down in all of the battles and the struggles and the tests of just surviving, but he understands that if he lifts up his head and looks to follow the Lord, he will thrive in the midst of this wilderness. In fact, I think Psalm 56, verse eight through 11, gives us a little picture. And this is how David uh, David writes and then will sing a lot of his Psalms. You see his heart cry. In fact, sometimes He'll say things are a little bit shocking, but then there's always a shift that he focuses back, that he looks to the Lord. In fact, it says this, you number my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. Interesting, right? When I cry out to you, my enemies will turn back. I know this because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Notice the first part of that verse. You number my wanderings. Do you know God knows exactly where we are, where we've been, how we're walking this life out. God understands everything. In fact, David says, you've taken my tears and put them in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God understands exactly the feelings 
that we're going through. He's not slight to those facts. He's obviously keeping track of everything. But here's David's shift, right? When I cry to you, my enemies turn. When I, when I call out to you, I'm gonna praise your word. I'm gonna praise your word. I'm gonna put my trust in you. I'm not gonna be afraid. And what can men do to me? What a great promise for us today. You know, David's security was not in his title or power as a king. It was firmly fixed now on God, the God that he served. God proved himself faithful time and time in the past, but now David's faith is awakened. It's unshakable. He sees how God is leading them him in the midst of the wilderness. In fact, even though he's hearing other voices, the voice that he's going to tune in, he's going to discern the voice of the Lord. You know, when you, when you read this, you also see that human element. We read about David and we see that even his best friend Jonathan was an encouragement to him. You know, we all need those encouragement in our life but we also need to be people that are encouraging others at this time, calling, texting, reaching out to people to be that encouragement in the midst of, of all of this, uh, this season. You know, I wanna do a little shift here because I believe in the season, and I say this uh, all the time, that all of us are in, that this is a season of God preparing us for something greater, even if it feels like a wilderness. You know, and if you go back in the Bible and you look at the children of Israel, which were God's chosen people, many of their great leaders came through the desert or a place of testing. But here's what happened in those places of wilderness. They had God encounters. They had places that were testing them personally, but there was an awakening that took part in those. You know, I, I love reading about Joshua and Caleb because when everybody else saw what they saw, they brought back a different report that turned the hearts of the children of Israel, except for Joshua and Caleb. They chose to believe the report of the Lord. I love what the Bible calls Caleb, that he, that he had a different spirit about him meaning he wasn't looking or listening to what everybody else was saying in that day. He was intent on fulfilling what God said. Think about it. In the midst of this quarantine time, I promise you there will be God encounters. I also promise you that there's an awakening taking place in our hearts to follow the Lord. But here's the most important part of, of our time even together. The one that walked this out in a very similar season, probably like we're walking out, was our Lord Jesus. In fact, Jesus went into a wilderness. Jesus chose that opportunity. He went to a barren, lonely place. He didn't have food or supplies. He went into prayer and fasting. In fact, we read about it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They tell us this, though, that Jesus, and it says this in Mark 1, 12, 
the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Interesting with David. David is pretty much driven into the wilderness by his father-in-law, King Saul. Jesus is driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. A time of 40 days of testing, no food, no supplies. So Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was not exempt from testing. He went into that desert to pray and to fast and to overcome every temptation that was thrown out at him. You know, one of the the first things that Satan came at him, in fact, I believe this when I read the Bible, that it was at the end of him fasting when he was at his point that he was more tired, hungry, weak, that the devil came. In fact, the first temptation to him was to turn those stones into hot bread. Now think, you know, think about it for a minute. There's nothing like eating hot bread and butter. There's nothing like a fresh tortilla that somebody's made. I mean, you smell it, you taste it, and you know, you love those things. But here's what Jesus said at that point. Could he have turned the stones to bread? Absolutely. But he says these words in Matthew 4, for man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, then how do we live? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. But how shall we live? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wasn't that what David was saying about God's word? Jesus gives us that example. Isn't it interesting that if we were to go back and read in Genesis chapter two and three, Adam and Eve had everything in the Garden of Eden. They didn't want for anything. They had unlimited supplies. They were the caretakers of unlimited supplies. And yet listening to the devil's lies and following after those lies They were completely deceived into disobeying. In fact, it really lets us know this. They decided to follow other voices. They decided to do what they wanted to do. And yet living in the Garden of Eden, they were driven out of the Garden of Eden to live in the wilderness. Jesus, on the other hand, who has to fulfill All of these things in the Old Testament is driven into the wilderness by the Spirit and will overcome all of the temptations to him because he repeats back and relies on the strength of God's word at his weakest time. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. See, God's word gave Jesus the strength to do his will. Satan's temptations, even our own thinking, that nature inside, will always want us to choose our will over God. It's that endless fight. But we choose to listen and to follow what God says. In fact, later on in John chapter four, I I love this one part where Jesus is ministering to the woman at the well. The disciples leave to go find food. They bring him back food. They want him to eat because he's tired. And 
Uh, Jesus uses those words in John 4, 3. He says, my food is to do the will of God. My food, the thing that gives me energy, the thing that gives me direction is to do the will of God. It reminds me of a powerful verse in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. It says, your words are what sustain me. They are food for my hungry soul. Isn't that powerful? Your words are what sustain me. They are food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to a sorrowing heart and delight to me. How proud I am to bear your name, O Lord. Your words sustain me. David in the wilderness was sustained by looking to the Lord, lifting up his head, crying out, writing to God. It sustained him. It didn't keep him from surviving. No, David thrived in the wilderness. He would soon be back in the palace. Upon entering the palace, he brings back the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God that's brought back. David leads those things out. Jesus, starting his ministry, driven into the wilderness by the Spirit, overcoming these temptations to him by the word of God. It's those words that we need so desperately in our heart. It's those words that we have to feed ourselves. You know, I read a stat the other day. The average American is binge watching TV eight hours a day, eight hours a day. There's so many messages. There's people out there like David's, uh, like David's misfits that are telling him what to do and what not to do. These are days we need to make sure that we tune in, that we're hearing the voice of God because God is speaking. Jesus is our example. Jesus is showing us how to live this life. In fact, I love a little bit where, where we read in 1 Corinthians about Jesus fulfilling all things so that we can directly follow him. So let me pray for us today. In fact, in a, in a few minutes, uh, I'm gonna close out with Psalm 121. But as you hear it later and as you see it in the notes and as you read Psalm 121, that was written in the wilderness. That was written when David was looking for the hill where the captured Ark of the Covenant was because when he found, if he could find with his eyes Mount Moriah, he knew that's where the very presence of God was. He also knew this, that if I look up to that hill, I get strengthened because I remember it's my creator God. In fact, when David reads and prays and sings Psalm 121, Psalm 121 reminds us that we're always to be looking up. We're always to be confident in our Lord. Psalm 121 is also a prayer out of David's heart that when he prays, he becomes bold in his God. When he looks up, he takes the focus off of himself. I need to do that this week with the puzzle. Take the focus off of yourself. Put your focus on God. Be strong, be bold, be confident in what God says. Be confident in his word. 
Be confident that he has inexhaustible resources and help for every single one of us. So if you would, wherever you're gathered in your living room like we are, uh, maybe you're up in a room by yourself, maybe you're sitting outside, would you stop and could we pray together uh, this morning? Lord, we, we stop this morning. We are thankful for your words to us. As Proverbs says, they are life to those that find it. They are health for our flesh. Father, let us be people that seek after your word, that it becomes life because we found you. It because becomes health to our flesh. We are renewing this mind, and as you speak to us by your Holy Spirit, we will know exactly what to do, and we will not be afraid. In Jesus' name we pray. And let me say this, you know, it, it, if you're watching or live, or if you're watching as this is recorded, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, do you know you're just one prayer away from accepting him as your Savior? He will be with you for eternity. In fact, he'll walk this life out with you personally. And all you have to do is say this prayer right where you are. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Believe that he lived, died, and was resurrected from the dead for you. He's now, you now accept him as your Lord and Savior. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins and thank him that you are now in his family. He will teach you and show you how to walk and he'll always be with you. And I encourage you to get a Bible or go, go online and read in the book of John. Reach out to us, whether you're, you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or uh, you're going on our, our website and connecting. Let us connect with you and walk out these next steps because you made the greatest decision even today. Well, as we do uh, at the close of our service, um, if you're giving, uh, giving your tithes or offerings, you can do so through the mail. We'll have the address up on the screen in a minute. Or you can also do so online through our website. Uh, it is safe and secure. But I want to read Psalm 115, verses 11 and 13 today. <clears throat> you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. You who fear in the Lord, trust in the Lord. And as we do each week, if we put up this uh, prayer and a confession that's on the screen, would you say it aloud? Pray it from your heart. Act as a confession of boldness and a confidence in you as we pray. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I commit to walk in the fear of the Lord with humility and sincerity and to respect, honor, and to obey the Lord God Almighty. I repent of any attitude or pride, and I ask God to keep me and to bless me in every way. 
I give today with total confidence in my God, in Jesus' name, amen. In fact, you can reach out to us uh, by mail. Our P.O. Box is 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Or the best way to keep up on uh, any changes, events, we communicate primarily through our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can find out everything there. But let me uh, encourage you on a couple things before we close out. Join us Wednesday night. In fact, we're going to make a little shift change this week. We've been doing a Zoom church gathering Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. But we're going to do Zoom and communion. Zoom and communion. We take some time, and anybody who's Zoomed on in, we take time to hear what's going on in their life. What can we pray for? We take time and allow others to pray for one another. But we want to, on Wednesdays, close that out with a time of communion. So you'll have to be prepared. Get some bread and some juice, or if all you have is chocolate and uh, coffee, whatever it is, we want to take time to remember the Lord often. Also, if you don't get our weekly email and you'd like to be kept up on things happening uh, at the Hills Church, you can email us, and our email is info at hillschurcharcadia.org, or the best way, Just go on our website. Up at the top right, click the connect button and you'll be able to fill out your information and send it to us. You may want to ask, hey, I don't get an email and I want to be a part of that Zoom communion connect. We'll get you connected as well. And then let me lastly say this. Um, Daily Bible reading is so, so important. Even just the last few weeks of going through 1st and 2nd Samuel, isn't it interesting that we would read about David and what I talked about today in just our Bible reading, because the Lord knows what we need to read through his word. But you can go to our website, you can download the PDF, the daily Bible. We're doing the one-year chronological Bible reading. You can get it at bible.com, or to make it easier, just go to our website, go under pastor, leader, and other resources, and click it yourself. But I wanna close with Psalm 121, verses one through eight. And I wanna pray this over all of us. And I say this not only from myself, but I say this from my my family, Michelle, Madison, Maverick, and also our two dogs, right? Bella and Mia, which Mia, thank God you're not hearing right now because she is snoring up a storm uh, in the background. But from our family to yours, we wanna stop. And we want to pray this verse over all of us. This is Psalm 121, 1 through 8. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you be defeated. He who guards you never sleeps. He who guards Israel never rests or sleeps. The Lord guards you. The Lord is the shade that protects you from the sun. The sun cannot hurt you during the day, and the moon cannot hurt you at night. The Lord will protect you from all dangers. He will guard your life. 
The Lord will guard you as you come and go, both now and forever. So Lord, I thank you for your blessing upon all of us. We are not in this season surviving. We are in this season thriving. We will come out like what was said about Jesus. We will come out of this in the power of your spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone out there said, amen. Hey, we look forward to Zooming and communion with you on Wednesday. May the Lord bless you and have